Millennium Destiny Incarnate. Inexorable and inescapable, you are nothing. Insects, fated to be crushed beneath my heel without a moment's thought. Fighting is useless. Surrender. Not today. Not ever. Oliver died so that we could continue to fight. He sacrificed everything for this new world and we will not fail him. We will not fail this world. For Oliver! For Oliver. For Oliver. For Oliver! For Oliver! There's a new bully and host Leroy, aka the studio formerly known as Fox Studios, uh, with my co host. This is Eli, the uh, Grindcore Jedi, I guess. There we go. That is a thing. We just made a trademark LLC. Mm-hmm. Trademark. Yes. That's, my, that's one of my Twitter thingies. Oh, is I, it? I'm on, on the, the Twitter that I, bar- that I barely use. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on Twitter for three years. All of a sudden, now you have like alternate accounts. <laughs> Tw- and Twitter accounts. At, okay. at Thrash Jaws. I'm still Thrash Jaws. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think it, it says that when you got to describe yourself or whatever, I think I got Grindcore Jedi. You know, oh, is that one of those like personality tests, like describe me in three movies or some shit? Yeah, whatever. It's like yeah, the bio thing where it says you know your heading or some or some shit. Okay, so, I guess that's good first date conversation. I guess I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Hey, Eli. Guess what? We're recording. We are recording. <laughs> We've been having some technical difficulties in the year of 2020. 2020 has been a rough year for us, <laughs> like podcast wise. But we're starting yeah. to get our shit together. Uh, eventually, we're going to figure this thing out, you know. So let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, let's start up with some sad news to begin with. Like I said, it's like the first celebrity death of 2020. And for all of you that know, yes, Rocky Johnson has passed. For those who don't know who Rocky Johnson is, he was a WWF. Uh, superstar back in the 70s and also the father of Dwayne the Rock Johnson you know the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history or whatever you want to call it the biggest Black Adam basically you you know if if you haven't been living on the rock you know who the rock is so the rundown the run yeah classic movie definitely watch that the walk and tall remake (laughs) that was a underrated movie it was and, and they race they race swapped that character and no one gave a shit. But that was before we were woke. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we can get away with shit like that. So yeah, Rocky Johnson passed. I didn't look at why he didn't I think The Rock actually made a statement today uh how he passed and you know what he actually had when he passed, but like that said he went peacefully, you know, and that was a good thing about it. Uh funny thing is The Rock actually played his dad on the seventies show. Remember the seventies show? 
at sitcom? Where? Yeah, I don't remember that episode though. Uh, yeah, that episode, like they went to the WWF uh, wrestling venue and they met Rocky Johnson, who was the Rock, and he was saying shit like, "One day my son will be me, and he'll be the most electrifying man in sports." You know, some shit like that, whatever, like that. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Rock, of course, gets his name from his dad, not only his dad, but also his granddad. Also, you know, he's a wrestling prodigy. You know. Because his dad, when he first started wrestling, you know, his name was Rocky Maivia. You know, you know, he should be with the Nation of Domination. You know, like the, uh, like a fake Islam, Nation you're of Islam wrestling group. You're going mad deep. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows this shit? I guess so. I, I, I don't follow wrestling, but I remember the Nation of Domination. <laughs> you know, Farouk and all the guys like that. But anyway, there were like some some Nation of Islam type wrestlers like that. Rocky Maivia was with them. Uh, He got his name from his dad, The Rock, and then his grandfather name was peter Maivia. his grandfather on his mom's side you know so rocky Maivia. so that's his whole thing reason i'm talking about that because rock actually since rock is in everything guess what eli he's not in enough stuff <laughs> so he's actually coming out with more stuff this fall the rock has a tv show on nbc coming out is it a sitcom it is a sitcom with a like a laugh track and everything now that I don't know, it may or may not have a lap track. It may be okay. Remember, uh, Young Sheldon, is real popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing yeah. a Young Rock. Oh, really? Yeah, just like they did, like uh, everybody hates Chris. You know, when Chris Rock was young, telling his life story, the Rock yeah. is doing the same thing. So he's gonna play. He's gonna, I guess, cast a teenager. Like he's gonna narrate his life or some shit like that. Okay. Apparently, he has some kind of wild ass life. Like he lived in Hawaii and did some shit. He wanted to be a country singer in Nashville, and he wanted to. I don't know, be an astronaut or some shit or a stand-up comedian. I don't know. Rock said he did some stupid shit, so we'll figure that out in this role. I'm pretty sure his, you know, got, like I said, he said his mom was, uh, like, got arrested for embezzlement or some shit. Not his mom, but his grandma or some shit like that. I don't know. He had a real life. Rocky's gonna, I mean, The Rock is gonna talk about that in his show, so he was basically on Instagram just plugging his show the whole time. Not only that, but he's also playing Black Adam, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit going on. And I don't think he's in Fast and Furious anymore. Vin Diesel said it's not enough room in them for, you know, biracial, bald head, muscle bound dudes. So, you know, <laughs> one got to go. So, yeah. Yeah. So rest in peace to Rocky Johnson. Um, well, since, um, since yeah. uh, while we're on celebrity deaths and it got cut off from last week's episode, I, I, I would like to do a shout out to Neil Pert. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Neil Pert, drummer for Rush. One of the greatest drummers of all time. I know you don't, you're not familiar with them, but I'm sure you've heard of their songs. Um, Rush is uh, one of the nerdiest bands ever. They wrote concept albums about fantasy and space civil wars and shit. Nerds back in like the 70s and 80s loved Rush. Um, they even had a, I read an article the other day that uh, Marvel, uh, one, one of the Defenders uh, comics in the 70s was dedicated to the band and even use their lyrics and some of the dialogue and uh what did dr strange turned into red something red uh he got transformed into this like this evil character named red something i can't remember okay. the name but it was based off of the 2112 rush album the priests in the 2112 uh song which is like a 20 minute long song about this space federation and this galactic civil war and this ultra fascist planet Terry system where music and art is outlawed because it promotes free thought and free thought leads to war and conflict. Very nerdy sci-fi shit. 
and Neil Peart wrote the lyrics, the drummer. So Neil Peart and me, because I play drums, he's been one of my inspirations. Uh, most drummers, yeah, he's like a god to most drummers. And um, in, in most pop music, rock music, it's always the guitarists or the vocalists that get all the attention. But he was one of the few drummers that got the spotlight. So rest in peace to Neil Peart, um, drummer of Rush. Rush, one of the geekiest, nerdiest bands of all time. Oh, yeah. And that one of the Guitar Hero games, Guitar Hero, one of the levels to one of those games, you had to play the whole 2112 song, the whole 20 minutes of it to get, to get past to the next level. like yeah, a final a, boss fight or some shit on this. It was. It was, like the, it was like a final lever for one. You had to get to the next stage. You had to beat that song. You had to play through the whole song. And each stage as you passed, had references to that album. Like you went into the cave where he found the guitar. You went into the temple of the priests of Spherix and you know, I'm going deep into Rush lore, but <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, Rush, nerdiest band of all time. I'm sure you've heard Tom Sawyer <laughs> and Limelight and Fly by Night and we they had, had a, a lot podcast of hits. episode last week. So that's for yeah. those that don't know why we did that, that's because we actually gave a you know a, a tribute to Neil Peart on the last episode, but it got cut off for. Yeah, we're not we pointing fingers. Yeah, just, so again, I'm still feeling it. This one hurts. Um, he's basically a, le- a legend, and uh, that's without him, Rush is done now. Rush is no longer a band anymore because you can't replace Neil Peart. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to the legend, the god, Neil Peart, best drummer ever. <laughs> So. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget that you know rock bands can play like in their sixties and seventies shit like that. R- rappers don't do that. Once they hit <laughs> well, thirty, thirty five, I mean, they retire. They're done. Yeah. Well, not yet. Who? I mean, how old are Run DMC? I mean, yeah, like I mean, in their sixties, but one of them's dead. So yeah, but he got shot, so that doesn't count. Yeah, one was a preacher. <laughs> then he not preaching. Then he became a reality star. Yeah, the other one writes comics. So and one one of the Sugar Hill Gang guys died too, like last few weeks ago, wasn't it? Did it? I didn't hear about that. Yeah. So we don't we don't in in rap we don't think too fondly of the Sugar Hill Gang because they stole most of their raps. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so but we, Grandmaster Flash is still touring, isn't he? I'm, I'm sure he the is. Furious I'm sure Five. Yeah. The Furious Five still do shit. So and they're like one of the originators, so they got to be getting old. Okay, you know? so I guess there's some D- Dougie Fresh is still out there. Yeah, I mean, how old Dougie is Dougie Fresh Bombardier? comes to Mississippi like all the time? Like <laughs> yeah, we're sick of seeing Afri- him. <laughs> yeah, and African Bombada, and you know, yeah, Dougie Fresh would be one. Okay, his so- Marky, what's he been doing lately? Anything? <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's touring somewhere. I'm pretty sure I can call Biz Marquis and get him down here if I wanted to. <laughs> hey, you, you want to perform? <laughs> sure. Oh shit. So yeah. Uh oh. Before we move on, let's just move. Let's just Eli. I'm, I might need some advice from you. All right. Okay. So I was in the grocery store and I saw this flyer out that uh in our music hall, like our opera house or our playhouse or something like that downtown, uh the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, whatever they call themselves are doing a a Star Wars orchestra night. Oh, shit. And they're going to be playing this, uh, the musical score of John Williams' score from, like, episode one to episode eight. I don't think they're going to do nine, but I, I don't think, you know, that sound, they haven't learned it yet, which I, I'm f- cool with that. But from one to eight, they're just going to play the whole night of just uh, Star Wars music. 
like but in live orchestra orchestra band i'm just like well hell yeah i want to see that so yes but my question is what do i wear to that i mean because it's basically an opera house you know they usually go there to you know do plays <laughs> and shit like that so do i show up so did like, you want to dress up as in your stormtrooper gear, and that's what I'm wondering. I do do I cosplay as Darth Vader? You know, do I wear my Sith Happens T-shirt? You know, it's a black tie event. What do I do? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question because I've heard they've had those around here too. I never went to them, but yeah, they are at like the opera, the opera houses, and right. You know, the bougie music halls that I've never been to. Right. That's so. exactly what it is. It's downtown and, you know, in a nice area. So you just can't just dress up like anything, you know. Do so. I need like a tux and a monocle with a little watch? <laughs> you know, after they finish playing, you know, a duel of face. Dun, 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 yeah. Go, Brother who? Brother yeah. who? Yeah. 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 With the, with the, little, the little binoculars on the stick or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll bring you back the playbill and show it when, I, when it's done. It, it's two weeks from now, so I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, um, let's see. I guess we can move back to the actual podcast. Quit fucking around. All right. Yeah. We, we've been lollygagging too long. So let's just jump into it. So, yeah, this is where the part of the podcast where you talk about the box office numbers. And like I said, it's January, where it's usually like a dumping ground for movies. But I just go ahead and just say what's been going on so far. So, Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? I was heard heard it was your boy or your boys. My, my boy, boys. yeah. <laughs> Finally boys. back on top. Is he back? He's back. Big Willie style. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Right. Well, that's another guy. But yeah, Big <laughs> Willie style. This is get jiggy with it. <laughs> yeah. The so, Willennium has returned. Willennium. Yep, we're here. And Martin Lawrence, Big Mama, is back. <laughs> so yeah, so Bad Boys for Life uh topped the number one. Uh, it's not a Disney movie. It's a Sony movie that wasn't helped made by Disney. So, good job for them. Yeah. No. So, um, and yes, I did see it. Oh yeah. Should I give a review? Do it. Might as well. <laughs> All right. So yes, this I'm not gonna I'm uh, I'm gonna talk about the movie. I'm just gonna talk about just base movie. Not gonna do spoilers or anything like that. So if you wanna watch the movie? That's fine. Now, like I said, this is Bad Boys. Believe it or not, contrary to popular belief. I'm actually not really a fan of this, this franchise. Like, I thought they were okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I felt like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in the other two movies, I felt like they didn't know which role one was going to play. I, need, I know they say one guy is a badass and the other guy is a cool conflict. It's basically like, you know, a, a younger version of Lethal Weapon. You know, it's basically that thing. But they pretty much just say to play the same guy. You know, they're both trying to be comedians. They're both trying to not be the straight man. They're trying to one-up each other, and they kind of just come off like one note. And on top of that, Michael Bay is directing it. So that just makes it even worse. I mean, the first movie was okay. Well, that first movie was actually Michael Bay's first movie. You know, so that actually okay. like, made his career. But the second movie was like in the mid-2000s where Michael Bay was at his Michael Bayness. So all the shit you hate about, Mike, hate about Michael Bay, it was just, just Bay at his Bayness. And everybody, everybody else loved it. Everybody else came out like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. I love Bad Boys 2. I'm going to watch the movie three, four times. And it's like, I can't see through that shit again. I just can't. Sorry. It was just too much for me. So that being said, we're talking about a, a movie 17 years after the second movie was made. Now, normally that means that the movie will completely fail because movies being made after that long of a gap just never work. Almost never work. This one on the other hand, Eli, did work. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it worked. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say this. This is probably the best movie of the franchise. Wow. I think so. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Was there, a bad boy, there, was there a Bad Boys 3? This is Bad Boys 3. 
Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it says Bad Boys for Life, so you're thinking, like, well, shouldn't it be the fourth movie? Like, no. Yeah, I guess maybe. I thought maybe I thought I missed one. I mean, that I would know. be better marketing, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, but basically what the movie is is that I feel like, because here's the thing, they're no longer boys. They're both of them 50 plus in this movie. And the funny thing is, they keep making jokes about that. They make it painfully obviously dudes are past their prime. You know, everybody lets them know there's like a younger group of police officers that they keep, you know, going back and forth with, you know, like them versus the millennials and shit like that. Uh, you know, uh, basically going crimes and the shit that they used to do in the old movies, they realize they can't do that stuff anymore. Uh, and I feel like that since Will and Martin are more comfortable in their roles now, they don't feel like they're competing anymore. They feel different. They f actually feel like the roles they were designed to play now. Like instead of both of them trying to be the, the funny guy badass, Will Smith is wriggling himself to the badass. He'll say some quips every now and then, you know, some funny one-liners like that, but he's not trying to overtake the movie, you know, trying to out Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence. So he's he's the badass, and Martin Lawrence is there for the jokes. He'll do some badass shit every now and then, but like I said, Martin Lawrence is way past the prime in these movies. <laughs> At least Will Smith kind of looks like he can do this shit, but you can tell he's a step slower. Martin Lawrence looked like he doesn't look believable in this shit at all, you know. Uh, he actually lost a lot of weight for this movie, but you can tell that he's still not in action movie dude shape. In fact, I may have to watch the movie again, but it's a lot of scenes of Martin Lawrence from the like from the uh from the chest up or like from the stomach up where you really don't even see him walking that much. And it's clearly in some of these scenes there are CGI stuntmen with their face over these guys. Because there's no way Martin Lawrence can move that fast. So that's just me. So, like I said, they go out of, uh, uh, they go make a point to uh, point out that so they have different personalities. They feel like different people in these movies instead of just the character, the same guy. Uh, the movie is not directed by Michael Bay this time. But well, no if, shit. Yeah, but if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know that because there are several shots in the movie that straight up, you know, are, are ripoffs or callbacks or sendbacks uh, to the old movies. Like they're oh, I remember they're from the old movies like that. But here's the thing. You know how I kept saying, like, Michael, the thing you want to always associate Michael Bay's name with is bombastic. So, like, it was just over excess. Like, Bad Boys 2 was just, just too much for me. I think it was just too much. It was just throwing too much shit at you. This movie feels dialed back, where they don't feel like they're superhuman. They don't feel like they're bulletproof like that. They feel like the stakes are mainly because they're slower. They're slower and they're older and they realize they're past their prime and they can't do the shit they used to do. So, the stakes do feel higher for them. Also, there are some scenes, there are some parts in the movie where this is actually the most serious of the, of the Bad Boys movies. There are actually some serious, dramatic scenes in here. You know, to actually, you know, catch your attention like, oh, shit, I didn't expect that to happen. You don't expect that shit in a Bad Boys movie. Bad Boy movies, since they all been directed by Michael Bay, like every other Michael Bay movie, are supposed to feel like two-hour music videos. This felt like a movie. Like, they had, you know, uh, conflict, drama, you know, uh, arguments between themselves. They never argued between themselves. Whenever they did argue with themselves in the past, it was always like jokey jokes and shit like that. This one they actually had arguments like, oh, damn, are they going to recover from this argument they just had? You know, they're supposed to be brothers, you know, but that stuff happens in the movie. So, like I said, I'm not going to give away. And there was about three shocking moments in the movie that was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. So, overall, it, it came out again. Like I said, it's not a run out and go see movie. It's not going to win uh oscar or shit like that and i'm gonna win best act i'm just saying that if you want to go see a good fun action movie you can do worse i'm gonna go ahead and give it a four out of five no shit yeah you know what i never really minded the bad boys movies 
I mean, like um, I said, they were okay, but I feel like they were forgettable. Yeah. Like every other yeah, Michael I, Bay movie. I, 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 you know, the, they came out, well, at least the first one came out before my hate affair with Will Smith started. <laughs> you know? Well, well here's, the thing. here's the thing about that. The first movie, Will Smith wasn't the draw. He wasn't the first name on the marquee. Martin Lawrence was. Martin Lawrence was the biggest star back then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he was the yeah. like the leading guy in the movie. And matter of fact, they didn't even want Will Smith. He had to talk the studio into getting Will Smith. Matter of fact, this isn't supposed to be a Martin Lawrence Will Smith movie at all. The original Bad Boy script actually had like Dana, Dana Carvey, Carvey yeah. and John Lovitz in it. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, but since something happened, they couldn't do it. That's when he decided to get Martin Lawrence. And he just like, you just find us another guy. You're like, well, get Will Smith, you know, even though they didn't want him. Because like I said, at the time, he was just another rapper trying to break into acting. Back then, every rapper was trying to break into acting. You had Ice Cube, Ice T, Queen Latifah, LL Cool J. Tupac. Oh, damn. Just imagine if Ice T or Ice Cube was in this. Ooh, that actually would have been a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, because they can pull that shit off, you know. Yeah. But I think because Shit, they, I, I watched Trespass not too long ago and I still liked it. <laughs> I, I, I guess what they were trying to do, because like I said, if they were trying to cast like Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, I guess they were trying to cast comedians in the role, you know? Yeah. So it's supposed it, to be like, a, yeah, like a buddy comedy cop. Play. Yeah. Ice T is a little bit too hardcore for that type yeah, of shit. So. Yeah. Remember in, because like, Ice T won't do shit. Remember in uh, Tank Girl, the movie Tank Girl? Was he in it? Yeah. He was one of the kangaroos. You know, I, I didn't make it past the first ten minutes of Tank Girl. Oh, sorry. Well, in the tank, in Tank Girl, there's uh, Booga, the mutant kangaroo, and there's a whole crew of them, and Ice T is one of them. Now, in the at one point in the movie, the kangaroos do this like ritual dance, and they get up and start dancing all goofy, and Ice T is the only one who ain't dancing. He's just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell, yeah, I I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. Put me in all this makeup and prosthetics. I ain't dancing around like a fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> like he just did New Jack City. He's not going to do this shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I ain't dancing around in no circle. like. A... <laughs> so that's my thing. But yeah, if they had those act, the movie would have had a completely different tone to it. So yeah, uh, I think and, and, and I'll, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say this. The ending of a movie does set up a sequel. Oh, no shit. And they've already greenlit Bad Boys 4. Okay. Yeah. So before this so that movie one would came be out, Bad Boys Forever with the number four. Uh, that would be too confusing, but that would make sense because they they wasted the four life on this. <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't a four though. That's true. Maybe you know what you know what you know what I just realized, Eli. Okay, back in the day, like I said, when we were growing up, it was three and out. George Lucas wrote the holy. He wrote the rules for all this shit. He wrote the Holy Bible. Three and out. Mm-hmm. You write through movies. Get the fuck out. That shit yeah. is out the window now. There's no such thing as a trilogy anymore. Fast and the Furious killed that shit. <laughs> they're like on eight, nine. She's like, they're like, why, why make three? Why, why stop at three? Keep this shit going. <laughs> you know, so that, yeah. and it, it, it very, I'm not I'm comparing it to Fast and the Furious, but it does. And the reason I'm, one of the reasons I think this does feel like a, uh, probably the best movie of the series, because I feel like they're doing something different. I feel like they're, they're shaking up the formula for the first two movies and going to a different, completely different formula. And I think if they can uh, keep going with the formula, this move, this franchise has found life in it. We might see a bunch of bad ones. We'll see how it goes, you know. So they're not going to stop at three. It's not a trilogy. It's gonna, they're going to keep cranking these movies out as long as these movies keep making money. But Martin Lawrence, it's, I don't, there's no way he can, he don't even look believable in this shit now. 
So I don't see how you're going to look at believing this shit three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. Now, did Willie, did Willie record a new song for this shit? No, he didn't. I'm pissed about that. But, <laughs> but the last Will Smith movie I saw and I didn't review this was Aladdin. Now, I shouldn't talk. I shouldn't talk about Latin because we're kind of going past. What it. about but, that one movie you saw where he's like the young he he what he fights him his younger self that just came out? Jimmy and I Man, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no song for that one either. That's why Will Smith uh, movies aren't making money like they used to because he don't make music for them anymore. But yeah, he had a, the, you know Jim yeah. West Desperado. You don't want right? That was the big thing right that there. Shit don't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he made it sound good, so you know. <laughs> But for Aladdin, he did record music for Aladdin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I was listening to the song at the end of, like, when the credits were rolling. I was like, hey, Will Smith got a song. And guess what? Billion dollars. Will Smith, gr- highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> so just make a fucking song with every album. I mean, with every movie. How hard is that, Will Smith? You want to make money, don't you? Oh. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but uh, this looks like I, honestly, I think this movie has almost outgrossed all the other Bad Boys movies. Also, so it's gonna eventually be the highest grossing Bad Boys movie so far. So yeah, so uh, a part four is inevitable. So yeah, uh, let's keep going past that. Let's see what else we got. We got a uh, number two, Doolittle. Ooh, first week twenty two million. Yeah. Oh, that's the Robert Downey. Jr. The Robert Downey Jr. Movie. Yeah, not not the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah. The Robert Downey Jr. one. And they do little was named correctly. Yeah. Um I don't know. They, they I'm hearing the was this supposed, So that there's no doctor on the beginning of it? No doctor. It's, it's just, just do little. So this is the, the gritty reboot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Man of Steel. <laughs> right. Because that's the what Dark we need. Knight. <laughs> now I thought this was a Disney movie. This is Universal Pictures. I'm confused. So, oh so. shit. Disney can't give them any money? Oh man, I don't know. And that hurt is a dragon in it, but I don't. I don't give a fuck about Doolittle. I guess it's hard for these actors outside of Marvel. I'm just saying, it's a cold <laughs> world out there. <laughs> don't worry, he'll be revealed to be a scroll five years from now. Everybody, calm down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, 1917, still hanging in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's gonna win Oscars left and right when the Oscars come out. Uh, number four, Jumanji: The Next Level, still hanging in there. Uh, number five, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, still in there. Mm. Cool. Fifth did it reach a billion yet? Oh yeah, yeah, it reached a billion, but it's like barely. It's like okay, yeah, a billion. Whatever. Well, it did its job. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't did think it, it was though? gonna. I, well, I didn't think it was gonna reach a billion. I, didn't... <laughs> I mean, it did. I mean, I knew it was gonna reach a billion, but it's like it's. Let me let me click. Let me see. I mean, it did it, but it's like it's like barely over a billion. Yeah, in his fifth but, week, so it's just like yeah, but still, you know now, yeah. After solo, I mean, I was I, I was questioning it, and you know, I don't I don't know, I don't know. We can talk about Star Wars. We talked about it at the ass so much, so we'll we'll wait till something crazy happens. Well, I guess we can talk about it briefly. Uh, George Lucas uh took a picture with Baby Yoda. Boom. We talk about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like number like six. Jesus hold or uh, Jesus holding a lamb, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, Eli. That that pick to me was kind of emotional. I thought so. I, I felt emotion from the pick. I mean, technically, if you want to look at it metaphorically or symbolically, he's holding his grandbaby. Wow. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, like Star Wars is his baby. You know, that is true. Yeah, and now you know, like John Favreau and that other guy, whatever his name is. You know, they started a new thing. They Baloney. actually. 
Yeah, that guy. Okay. So, like, they started, well, not the Mandalorian, but it's another showrunner they have that's helping out John Favreau. He is not him. It's not just him. It's him and another guy. But, like I said, he's the same. Well, whoever the same guy that did Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars, he's the same guy doing Mandalorian. So, it's all that shit is connected, you know. So, like, he's the new blood, the new generation. And, you know, George Lewis basically looking at, like, even though I didn't have a hand in making Baby Yoda, I had a hand in a hand in making Baby Yoda. So, it was like, he's yeah. the granddaddy. Well, Filoni was his friend. That guy. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Dave Filoni, yeah. I can't remember his name, but that's the guy I was thinking about, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, 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 was, he, was, uh, he was George Lucas's Padawan. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, all he said, no matter what you think of Star Wars state right now, George Lucas is still the granddaddy of all this shit, you know. And you know what, Eli? I've, I've come to accept the state that Star Wars is in. Star Wars has to move on from what George Lucas said. Like, it's not going to feel like George Lucas. And it shouldn't feel like George Lucas. No. It, it has to move on. It has to become its own thing now if it's going to survive. That, that's what the, that's what that was the lesson of the last jedi yeah and, and i feel People like they ain't ready for that shit yet <laughs> right and that's the key we like last jedi has so many fucking nuggets in there they're dropping so many jewels in that movie that people just ignore oh yeah yeah i know that's what i'm saying i could not talk about this shit for the past two years because every time i did that movie sucks you're a dumbass Fuck you. Just, oh, just, oh, just give it time eli just give yeah. it time we're gonna look back at last jedi and be like damn we really should have looked at that we, we took a movie for granted yeah. <laughs> luke's a pussy he didn't fucking chop off the empire's head with his dick <laughs> fuck that movie oh you know yeah <laughs> that's all they wanted to see was luke kick ass and, i mean for some reason yeah. that, that, that my favorite scene in that movie was uh kylo red just when he was just saying like let the past die now looking back at it i, I realized that everything he was saying was full of shit because he was just saying to ray whatever he needed to say to get her to join him but he was making sense and the way Adam Driver was just acting the scene was just, no, no, you're still holding on. I'm like, yeah, I feel like you're on the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all a nudge to fandom, too. I mean, those kids yeah. in the stable talking about Luke Skywalker, the legend of Luke Skywalker. That's us as kids playing with our fucking toy. Okay, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. But, yeah, that, that's what that's about. <laughs> you know, I saw that shit the first fucking viewing. And I was like, yeah. damn, this is deep. And I couldn't wait to talk about it. And then next thing you know, everyone, fuck that shit. Nah. <laughs> Ruben Johnson, fucking piece of shit. And yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. He's, he's crying. He's, he's about to go to the Oscars and win, uh, go to the Oscars and win some Oscars. Yeah, so he's he, he'll, nominated for shit. He don't yeah, care. he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his, what his speech is going to be. I want to thank Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six, uh, Just Mercy, uh, the movie that my mom really wanted to see. I don't know what that is again. The Michael B. Jordan movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. in time for MLK. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It is next week for MLK. Uh, the yeah. reason I didn't say anything about that because in Mississippi they don't celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday. Uh, they actually call it Robert E. Lee Day. You know, the oh, Confederate Jesus. general. Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but they'll have some good Robert E. Lee sales. You know, that day. What's, what's that scene in Django where? Shelter's like, if you guys would like to go to a more enlightened part of the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Follow man. the North Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Just Mercy came out. I don't really know what it's about. I know it's Michael B. Jordan and um, Jamie Foxx. My mom, like I said, my mom fell asleep on Star Wars. But this movie she really wanted to see. She saw it on her own. 
told me about it, gave me like about 10 texts back and forth about how good this movie is. The whole thing Michael B. Jordan, he's such a talented actor, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully he kept his shirt on in this movie, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what do we have here? Number seven, Little Women. Uh, number eight, Knives Out. Like I said, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> He's destroying Hollywood. Uh, number nine, Like a Boss. I think you told me about what that movie is. I completely forgot. No, you didn't tell me what that movie is about. That movie is a Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, oh, and Sam yeah, Hyde that, movie. That looks like shit. They said it's shit. Yeah, it looked like shit. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is not very kind to that movie. Yeah. Uh, and number 10, Frozen 2. So, like I said, so Disney hasn't just dominated the market yet. Like I said, 2019 was Disney's year. I, I read some kind of crazy report that they uh, might have accounted for 80% of Hollywood's budget last year. Yeah. Like their gross or some, some dumb number like that. You know, but they haven't got started yet. But don't worry. When they get started, they're going to get started. So that's pretty much it from there. Um, shoot, what else can we go with that one? Can before we move on, can I, can I talk about the crisis? Go ahead. I guess I... We'll talk about the crisis. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Like I said, you saw you the first. I figured I should have because I've been cooped up all fucking like the last two weeks, not doing shit. I don't know but how. For... I don't know how you held off. Eli. Like, as soon as that thing was uploaded, I was like the midnight. I was there. I, yeah, I missed it. I wasn't okay. paying attention. But have you heard anything about it? Um, uh, no. I okay. Mean, so no. do you mind if I spoil it? I don't care. I read the book, so what are you gonna do? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my, my fault. I forgot you're a, you're a purist. I know the story. You're, you're a purist. Mean, you know you, the source material. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a filthy I, casual. I know. You know, I know the Joker ain't in it. <laughs> <laughs> but guess who is in it? Okay, who? Ezra Miller. Oh, I did hear about that. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, the thing was that was spoiled for me before I could watch it because, like I said, I couldn't watch it live. So I had to wait for the CW app to upload, which didn't upload to midnight. So by the time I went on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, it was trending. Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller. I'm like, oh, fuck. Damn, I want to see that live to see what that situation would have felt like. So it was funny, the interaction, you know, like Ezra Miller. Because basically, to give you a background, what happened was they got trapped. You know, in the last episode, they got trapped in the Venture Zone and like Limbo or some shit like that. And the only way they can get back to where they need to go to is go through the Speed Force. It went to the Speed Force. That's where he saw Ezra Miller's flash. And they just kind of like bumped into each other. Like, wait, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here? Like, and Ezra Miller looked at him like, uh, who are you? He's like, well, I'm the Flash. And then he looks at him like, the Flash? Huh. That's a cool name. So Ezra Miller actually gets his name from the CW Flash. Because they never called him that in Justice League. I guess. I don't recall that either, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but most of them never got called by their names anyway, so I thought that was pretty cool right there. Uh, just them interacting with each other, the funny banner, oh, I'm Barry, I'm Barry, how you doing, you know. Uh, it kind of confirms my suspicion that no matter, like, there is a multiverse, but there's only one speed force, so every speedster in the DC multiverse only access one area. I know that doesn't mean shit, but it makes me feel better. I'm happy with that. <laughs> You know, satisfy my brain. So that was cool. Uh, Ali, like we said, uh, he beca- he dies, becomes a Spectre. So he does become the Spectre. He fights the Annie Monster. They fight. Yeah, him. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. So he does become the Spectre. He gets all powerful shit like that. Fights the Anti Monitor. They fight. Reboot. Reboot. Reboot the universe. And when they reboot the universe, so you remember how they had all these Earths and shit like Supergirl over here, Black Lane's over there. Nope. Now they consolidated one Earth, just like in the comics. 
Okay. It's just like you remember. So, so now there's one, but there's still a multiverse. So all the CW shows are on one Earth now. So now Supergirl, instead of hopping over to another universe to go chase her, she's just across town. He can just just walk over there like that. And matter of fact, they were talking to people that they saying it's been like the whole time. For instance, there's a cameo from Marv Wolfman. Now, for everybody who's not Eli, that's not a purist. I'll let you know who Marv Wolfman is. Marv Wolfman is the original writer of the Christ on Infinite Earth comics. So he shows okay. up and he basically sees Supergirl and Flash, you know, fighting when I'm fighting a bad guy, whatever like that. And he just walks up to him like, yeah, make it, sign this, make it out to Mars like that. And like, you know, both of us because, you know, they say on different Earths. They're like, yeah, I know you guys. You guys been fighting together like forever. Sometimes you have a Green Lantern. Sometimes you have a, a legend of tomorrow here and too, you know, then they're like, Okay, so basically the universe has been rebooted. You know, it, it, things have been changed. We don't know how much stuff has changed, but there are changes in there. We don't know. Uh, now, the comment I made on Facebook that had people confused when I said Marv Wolfman, you're no Stan Lee. This is what I meant. I had nothing to do with talking about Marv Wolfman's writing credentials versus Stan Lee writing credentials because I'm going to just say this. Marv Wolfman can write Stan Lee under the table. That's just what it is. <laughs> it's completely different era, so it was more required of him than that. But that's not what I was talking about. What I was talking about was the cameos. Because the thing is, when Stan Lee, even if you don't know he writes comics, when he's on screen, he demands the screen. He, he demands screen presence. Like, he, he chews scenery. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. who's on the screen with him. Robbie Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Lou Ferrigno, whatever. You're like, hey, that's Stan Lee. He sticks out. Marv Wolf, on the other hand, as for an acting, his acting abilities, he's a great comic writer. Like, <laughs> well, he, I don't even know what the guy looks like, so... That's the thing. Like uh, this, 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 this is the thing when I when I watched him, I like okay, it's an old guy walking up the Flash Supergirl. I didn't think twice about it. But he started talking. I was like, damn, whoever this old guy is, he is a terrible actor. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> you know, he basically sounded like he was in a porno. You know, hello, Supergirl. Hello, Flash. Thank you for saving today. I'm like, what the fuck, Mark? Mark? <laughs> Make this out to you Mark need, Wolfman. Need your pipes cleaned? <laughs> <laughs> like I hope this is the. So we just spoke Rule Thirty Four into existence. <laughs> Marv Wolfman 34 with Supergirl. So, yeah. So, that's what I was talking about. Like, Marv Wolfman is, is a terrible actor. That's why we took Stan for credit. I mean, uh, took Stan for, uh, you know, I forgot where I was going with that. But, uh, yeah. he's. But I guess you can't expect comic book writers to be great actors. And then I actually looked up some of Stan Lee's old, uh, his old interviews. He actually is a trained actor. Like, that's some shit he just naturally, I mean, it is some shit he naturally did, but yes, he is a trained actor. He always studied acting. He wanted to be an actor slash comic writer. That's why he was so natural on screen, because basically the screen presence Stan Lee took for granted. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) So the presence he had on screen, that's why he was on there. He knew, because basically Stan Lee was a persona for him. He was put on a persona, where Mm -hmm. Marv Wolfen was just him. You could tell he's never acted before. So that's the only thing I meant with that. Not comparing them, their works of art or anything like that. Just cameos. I will, now, other than Stanley, I started thinking about it. What other comic writer actually had a really good cameo? And you know who I thought of? Besides Stanley, Frank Miller. Oh, you're talking about in Sin City where he played the priest? He played the priest. I hope it was worth it for you and that whore. <laughs> and then he gets shot in the fucking face. Yeah. Uh, he was also in RoboCop too. I think he played like worth a drug killing doctor. Killing four, worth dying for. What does he say? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that to me, that was like my favorite comic book uh, writer cameo besides um, 
Besides Stanley, Tom Tom Todd McFarlane. Had good I'm ones. about to say Todd McFarlane. Tom McFarlane like spawned every he episode. Said something. I can't remember what he said. Spawn, yeah. yeah, I can't remember what he said, but yeah, Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker was in Winter Soldier. Was he? Yeah, he was one of the doctors that was working on Winter. I think Winter Soldier even choked him out or something. Oh, I don't even know what he looks like. Uh, he he's like a dude. A dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all like I say. He's just like a dude, just like unassuming, you know. <laughs> like everybody's not Stan Lee just to like, just look like oh you look like a comrade like nah yeah. some, some guys just well, look I mean, like yeah Stan Lee was, like he was up in front he you know we all knew what he, who he was yeah like I, I mean, say yeah. he 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 uh created a character mm-hmm. basically where everybody else was just just people you know so that's all I can say about that um overall I'm gonna give the crisis I'm a, I'm gonna rate it I'm gonna rate it oh there is one thing I do want to say about episode five of Crisis. Episode five of Crisis went completely legends. Now you know what I mean by legends. Like Les Tomorrow, Les Tomorrow was the most like wonky, offbeat, insane DC show they have, which is why it's the best because they just do insane shit. So they had they had to fight Bebo. Now Bebo is actually like a uh, a doll that they have. It's like their version of Teddy Ruxpin or like that. But something happened where some tiny whiny bullshit happened where Bebo was teleported back to the Viking Age, and when they saw a talking doll, they start worshiping as the god of war. So it actually affected our timeline where we stopped worshiping Christmas and Jesus Christ and start worshiping that doll Bebo. So they had to go back in time to change the time so we wouldn't worship a talking doll again. And they had to fight that doll in the show, which I thought that's the weirdest fucking shit. But I love it. I'm glad it's here. So, <laughs> uh, overall, give it a, a, I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of 5 because they really put some hard work into it. Look, Crisis on Infinite Earths is the most epic comic book story of all time. Period. I don't think you can. I don't even think you can top it. You can try. It's been some attempts. You know, Jonathan Hickman, all the shit he's doing. It's been some attempts, but nobody has ever actually topped Crisis, and I don't think you can top it. DC has been trying to top it for decades with Final Crisis, Infinite Crisis, and Crisis, Crisis, and whatever. Can't top it. So, but they're doing it on a TV budget. So it's only so much they can do. But for what they pulled off. Some things you're like, eh, you could have did better. Some things I was like, damn, you did pretty good for the what you had, you know. So I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. Can't give it a five. I, somebody asked me today, like, hadn't seen, like, have you seen Crisis? What's better, that or In Game? I'm like, look. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, come on. Just tell him Crisis just to piss him off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just say Crisis. I'm a fucking. I'm a post that tomorrow no don't, don't do it don't do it because you know if you do it it's gonna start a shit storm yeah that'd be funny <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're gonna post that had even seen it just just to watch yeah, just to troll yeah. people and get kicked out of another group and shit <laughs> because somebody's gonna agree with you just to fuck with people <laughs> I was, no 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 because we're not allowed to say in-game is a good movie anymore that's the thing that's why people are gonna agree with you <laughs> i told you in-game was shit yeah Oh man! Or just say Batman and Ninja Turtles were the was the best comic book movie of last year, <laughs> better than Endgame. <laughs> Anytime you say anything's better than Endgame, people are gonna agree with it because now Scorsese has made it open season on Endgame. You're not allowed to like Marvel movies anymore. So. Oh, you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> According to every comic book website, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you blaspheme? <laughs> Remember that shit they said like, oh, Bob Iger called. Martin Scorsese into his office or some shit. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. a conversation about yeah. you know his comments. Every everyone thought it was like he was gonna like 
fire Martin Scorsese from a right. job he doesn't even have right. with Disney. <laughs> More <laughs> when so attorney, well, all, all that actually, you know what that meeting was about? What was it about? Um, uh, whatever movies that he had at Fox. Yeah. That it was about that. It was about the rights to his movies at Fox. Oh, that's what. What, what yeah. the fuck, man? So that's what it was about. Yeah, that's what it was about because Disney owns Fox now, and well, now you oh, have. No, 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 it's not Fox anymore. Oh, whatever. Yeah, or twentieth twentieth century mouse or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that was about. That's what the meeting was about. Everyone thought, oh, oh Martin Scorsese. But the way they wrote the story, that's what made it sound like you know. <laughs> Like next thing, next report you're gonna read, Martin Scorsese committed suicide with two bullets in the yeah. back of his head. You know? <laughs> yeah. They calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, one thing we're gonna talk about before we move on there. Let's talk about this Watchmen thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. we were I, like I said, this news broke because like I said, season one ended, and now HBO saw how much money the series made and how much you know social media uh, attention they got with it. They were like, we want a season two. And the, yeah. the season right and the, the show writer, Lindelof, I think his name was. Yeah, Damon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, put his foot down, walked away from it, said, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, what was that saying? What's the saying? Worsak said, the HBO executives will say, save us. And I whisper, <laughs> no. I completely fucked that line up, but you know what I meant when I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so he walked away from the show. There will not be a season two of Watchmen. And Eli, everybody on the social media and the internet were sad except us. Yeah, yeah, we were the only ones that weren't sad about it. You know, Dahmer too. He, he he was like cool. Yeah, but but he actually was a cool cool with it. He was actually cool with it. I, even though Gomer hates everything, he says he doesn't hate everything, but he does hate everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime he likes something, that means it's really good. But yeah, the, the and the funny thing is, like everybody else was happy. And you know, and the funny thing about it. People that hadn't watched the show, they were like, good. I'm glad Wokeman isn't coming back. <laughs> Fuck that show. You know, hadn't you know, watched half of the first episode or some shit, you know. Uh, but the funny thing is, we were happy, not because it's a bad show, but because it's a really good show. Matter of fact, yeah. this show was so good, it doesn't need another season. No. Because the only thing they could do is fuck it up. It needs to be a one and done season. You people keep asking, but what about the ending? What are, what is going to happen at the end scene? I want to know what happened. Don't worry about what happened. Whatever you want that's, to think happened, that would happen. That's the fucking point is right. not knowing and discussing. That's the point. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need everything over explained. It doesn't have to be a fucking soap opera. Everybody wants yeah. everything spoon fed to them. Yeah, because nobody can fucking think for themselves anymore. They need everything fucking you know handed to them on a silver platter, told how to think, how to feel. Unpopular opinion. Now I'm a fuck. No, seriously, I'm gonna piss everybody off right now. Oh, and I don't shit. fucking. I, I feel care. like I'm, I'm gonna be one of those people you pissed off. But go ahead. I'm, yeah, I don't fucking <laughs> care. I've been sitting in this fucking house with a bum fucking hip, in pain for two fucking weeks. <laughs> Now see, Eli, this is the rant I want to last week. Let it loose. The, the, the dog is off the leash. Go for it. I'm going to let some... I watched Endgame. <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> Never over another man's room. <laughs> so, when Tony Stark dies at the end, mm -hmm. they milk the fuck out of it for like the last half hour, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, he dies, and then there's that montage, and then he starts talking. He starts saying, you know, you know, you hear Tony Stark talking some shit 
while everybody's mourning his death. Mm-hmm. Watching it this last time around, I'm like, he don't need to talk. Take out that fucking narration. Put a fuck, put a fucking song over that shit, and we would get the same fucking effect. Put over one of the classic rock songs that put over an ACDC song. In fact, I'm gonna pick that ACDC song. It's called Ride On. ACDC, mm-hmm. Ride On. Play that song over the montage of everybody fucking mourning Tony Stark's death, and we would all get the same fucking emotional feel instead of Tony Stark telling us how to fucking feel. I agree with and you. And that fucking song would have become classic. Or whatever. Here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem Put with simple your thought. Simple Man. Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. Same thing. Whatever. Some classic 70s rock jam. Put it over that rock ballad, over that whole sequence. That song would instantly become a classic because everybody would, from this generation, would define that song as the Tony Stark funeral fucking song. Yep. Just like I you Love know? You 3000. And that's, yeah. yes. And that's cinema right there. That's, that's without being so. And I know comic book fans and comic books, their dialogue is so required for exposition. It's you know that's how the stories are explained. Comic books are a two-dimensional medium. It's just flat 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 images. Mm-hmm. And you need those words to explain the story. Whereas film is another medium. You don't you can do moving images and audio, but you don't all, audio it doesn't have to be dialogue all the time. It could be music. It could be no music. You know? Mm-hmm. But you can convey that emotion without being told how to feel. And that's what I felt that scene was doing. Because, you know, I, I admitted, yeah, I cried f- every time I saw the new Star Wars, I cried every fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know, and the why. But I only cried once the first time seeing Endgame. And it's like the second time, okay, now they're really milking it. And part of it is because he fucking, he talks and tells the audience what to feel, how to think. Because he's telling the audience you know? is going to be okay. Yeah, basically. But he, he, here's, know, the, here's the problem with that, Eli. What you're what you're suggesting is too effective. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's and the... what's wrong with that? <laughs> That's too good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's too artsy, you know. But that's the that's that's this is a movie. This is a film. This is right. film. This is a different medium. We don't need to rely on the dialogue to be convey that emotion. Because you know what? You know what gets me. The two scenes that get me in that, it's seeing Ned and Peter hug and the cheeseburger line. Those are the two scenes that got me, you yep. know, that, that, that got me misty-eyed. It wasn't Tony Stark, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's sad. I'm dead. Everybody cry for me, Argentina. You know, and so they were even going to take it a step further. They were going to step further than that. They were going to actually, like when he like snapped his fingers, he was going to the Soul Stone and meet his adult daughter. Yeah. And she was going to tell him it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. Don't do that. That is a cop-out. We need to understand that he's making a sacrifice, and the sacrifice he's making is that he's leaving his wife and daughter and Peter Parker, his son, behind. You know, we mm-hmm. understand the the weight of his sacrifice and, and having his adult daughter. They're like, they should have let this scene in because dumbasses think that every single deleted scene should be in a movie. Like, no, that's not how it works. Some <laughs> yeah. shit need to be deleted for a reason. So, yeah. yes, having his daughter in there, spoon feeding the audience saying we're going to be OK. No, that shouldn't be it. And like you saying, 
Tony, and I actually agree with you on that, that Tony Stark telling the audience that it's going to be okay uh, kind of undercuts the emotion that could have came from just music because just letting music goes, it lets the, the audience fill in the blanks themselves. Yeah. We and could for all, some people that made it too all, much. Yeah. And we could all take that personal journey as a collective audience watching that same scene and what that character meant to us, what these movies meant to us on a personal level instead of Tony Stark just telling us, you know what? Be sad right now. Be sad for me. Be sad for blah, 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 blah. You know, and I just thought, you know, this time around, I'm like, they could have did. It could have been better. <laughs> but the thing is, Marvel. Has, That's what Scorsese would have done. That's what oh, Scorsese oh, would have oh, done. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that one. Bada bing. <laughs> That's the rant I wanted last week, but you said you were too sick and, and high to do that shit. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like I said, the type of tone that these Marvel movies are going for, it wouldn't fit. I mean. Mm. Like I said, we they they want you to feel good walking out of these movies. Where Endgame should have been super depressed like that, but it's like how far can you can you bend? You like they bend but don't break. How far can you bend yeah. before you break? You know, it's like yeah, people talking about the new Star Wars about yeah, they should have shown all the Force ghosts at the end of the movie. Yeah, you're right. You know, mm -hmm. I think they just had they had time to fucking work on this shit. Maybe they could have did that, but they oh, rushed shit. this shit out. Okay, put a put a pin in that conversation. We're not going to talk about it tonight, but we're going to talk about the deleted scenes and the rewrite that they really had for Light Rise of Skywalker. We're not going to do it this week, okay. but we'll do All it because right. that's way right. too much to talk about right now. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh, Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do a season two. It doesn't need to be over explained. <laughs> right. <laughs> the oh, point man. of Watchmen was to, you know, was to have us discuss and debate what happened we don't need to and know people don't want to do that anymore people don't yeah. want to sit back and take a look at art and sit back and discuss and debate or interpret what they took from it yeah, they want everything exactly. spoon fed just like just like with crisis i know we i know i know we, i should not compare cw's crisis with hbo's <laughs> watchmen no fuck it that's better crisis is better i'm gonna put it on tomorrow <laughs> posting that shit tomorrow <laughs> crisis better than NK. because the thing is with crisis like i said like I said, they shoved so much shit in the crisis because they were trying to, you know, borrow from 50 years worth of, you know, DC material and lore. They didn't have time to over explain everything. Like, for instance, like the spec, like, you know who Jim Corrigan is. Like I said, you reviewed the detective comic books, whatever like that. He just popped up. I'm Jim Corrigan. Hey, I'm Spectre. Hey, you want to be the Spectre? Okay, boom. But it ain't over explain this shit. But if you don't know, but they gave you enough details to kind of know who it is, but they didn't just go on a long rant about who this guy is, what this guy is, where this guy's from, shit like that. Some of this shit, you kind of got to know. You know, if you read the source material, a lot of shit you'll just know from the top of your head. But if you yeah. don't know the source material, they're throwing so much shit at you in the crisis. Some of this shit is going to go over here like, wait, what happened? You know, so they didn't spoon feed you with crisis. Some of this shit you have to either come in with you or they do explain it, but they just give you like a quick one minute sentence and then move on to something else because they got so much other plot lines they have to take on because like I said, crisis is a huge story that they have to cram into five episodes. So yeah, crisis is like Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. it's better. I agree with you. Better in game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is like the Watchmen comic and the Watchmen show, they're they're both making a comment on our on the current times that mm -hmm. they take place in. That's what the the comic did. It made us question, you know, the world back then. It made us question the, the what's who has the right to 
govern and have that power to wield justice. Right. And, and they don't beat you over the head with an answer. Yeah. That's that's the purpose of the story. And this show, you know, that's what it does. It's like we're not supposed to know whether or not what's her face gets the power of of Dr. Man. Well, who who has the power? It doesn't matter who has the power. We're just supposed to question do they deserve that power? Right. Who deserves that power? If anyone deserves that power. That's what we're supposed to be talking about, and that's the point. And we don't need to know if she gets it or not. And then, okay, in this episode, she's God now, and this is what she's going to do with that power. What does, does, does this fucking matter? You know? Right. But they <laughs> want to overexplain. You know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, like having a self-contained story, like like I said, the season one of Watchmen, or the original graphic novel of the Watchmen. I'm gonna call it comic fuck graphic novel term. Okay, so like I said, they were self-contained, and that's why we could sit back and look at these works of art, or even like the original Star Wars trilogy when it first came out. It was three movies, works of art. We look back at it. It wasn't another movie for like 16 years or shit like that. We sat back and studied and took apart every single frame of those movies. The uh, Watchmen. They have spent so many like think pieces and discussions about that comic the same thing with this tv show right now now let's say that they kept the shit going 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 let's say this is a comic book going and we were celebrating the 500th issue of watchmen right now you know we, it wouldn't the issue the first 12 issues wouldn't be a special it would just be some other shit yeah you know uh same thing with the tv show if they kept it going and we go to like season five or season six it would be special like the flash for instance like we, i named the flash one of my favorite like TV shows of last decade, mainly because of that first season. Mm-hmm. Where we're on what season six now, some shit like that. Yeah. That shit is nowhere near as good as it used to be. Like, no. So it's because that first the- season was so had so much. You know, it was so much about who he was and his relationships to his family and his mom. That episode where he meets his mom and mm-hmm. you know, and what's his face, uh, the the grandson of Fawn. Right fucking kills himself at the end i was like what the fuck i mean that was one of the most shocking moments he could have been history for me and still killed him but you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> but still i mean when that was like oh shit you know yeah and but now you look at the whole body of work and flash doesn't seem as special as it used to you know back in 2014 and yeah. it'd be the same way if we did like a season five of Watchmen or we on the 600, 700 uh, issue of Watchmen. Look at X-Men. X-Men used to be the, the, the shit in the 90s. I know you didn't give a fuck. Everybody <laughs> else did. <laughs> but now, like I said, now in, in like the 2000s and the 2010s, people are like, I don't give a fuck about the X-Men anymore because they kept just cranking this shit out. And now Jubilee's a vampire and Dazzler's or whatever the fuck. And, you know, uh, Wolverine, Wolverine, shit, Wolverine you know? Cyclops, and Jean Grey are all swingers now. Right, it's just like what the Living fuck. Living in the same house, and you shit. know, like some shit you just need to be just that, and that's it, and move on like that. Honestly, I think that's one reason why anime and manga are more popular right now than comics. And yeah, they're cartoon. one and done. Yeah, they're one and done. They'll yeah. they'll they'll be like an anime show that come in twenty five episodes, fifteen episodes, done. That's it. They never yeah. revisit again. That's it. Mm-hmm. And a beginning, middle, and end, and that's it. Like that, where. American uh, works just keep going and going and going. Like, like let's name the CW show. Like I said, how many episodes was Watchmen? Like ten episodes. Wait, not even nine. Eight, nine, eight or like nine. Every yeah, CW nine. show or every show that's on network TV right now, like 25, 26 seasons every single year. Eventually, the shows get diluted because it's too much stuff. Yeah, you run out of shit to say eventually, even in one season. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I don't know. That's my thing. Yeah, you get to the point now where they're doing these shows like Arrow. Arrow's last season, like the first 
season of Arrow last year was awesome because he was in jail and they, they did that that unadapted Supermax screenplay. They did it on screen. Like those first eight episodes was awesome. But then they ran out of shit to talk about. Okay, we can't just leave him in jail for two years. So now he's in jail. Now he's got to do some other bullshit. Now he's fighting assassins and his sister came back from the dead that he never knew about and shit like that. And nobody gets a fuck about that shit. Yeah, he had a daughter. Like I'm watching the crisis that he had a daughter all of a sudden. I'm like, what the fuck? She's from oh, the yeah. future that the ant. No, my. <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's it just throws shit at you you know you have to interpret it eli <laughs> but that's my whole point oh uh, can we move on past that i know we went long about the watchman i can't remember what we we're talking about but yeah let's move past that yeah sure okay so uh now we're gonna talk about the video game section where we can talk about the video games and i actually got some shit to talk about this week because other shit i had nothing to say but this time i do so sad news eli we have some delays on some games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the games that we delay, I don't have the news in front of me right now, but Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to come out, I think, in like May or April, something like that. It's got pushback, so it's not coming out when it's supposed to. Uh, that Avengers game that we saw. Uh, oh, be, yeah. I heard about this. It yeah. got pushed back. It was supposed to come out like in March or May or something like that. It got pushed all the way back to September. You know, I want to yeah. play this shit, Eli. Damn it. That was I was actually looking forward to that. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck!" I, what am, what am, I, I, I was saving money now to play that game, <laughs> so now I don't have shit to do. <laughs> so, and then another game that was supposed to be like supposed to be the game of the year this year supposed to be Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, that's the game that you know Keanu Reeves supposed to be in. Yeah, my kid was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's he, supposed to be like the game of the year. They've been working on this game for like forever, you know. And that is supposed to be the game supposed to come out. I think this thing guys to make Witcher. I okay. think, or whatever. So that game's supposed to come out, but now that got pushed back also. That's supposed to come out sometime like May or something like that. So all these games pushed back, so now I have nothing to play in like March or April, shit like that. So fuck it, I'll I just keep going. Uh, I will say the game I have been playing lately, Eli, is uh, Devil May Cry 5. I finally started playing it. Okay. Holy shit, that game is great. Yeah, it's You fun. told me that. Yeah. those I've always liked those games. Those games are fun. I know, but this game feels like it's it's a step better than the other ones for me. Yeah, and you can switch the characters. That's what I liked about it too. You can yeah. switch the characters and shit. Like the movement and the camera and the gra- holy shit, the graphics are like amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and just the shit you could do on the game like that. So yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people saying that game should have won game of the year, but it didn't win game of the year, but it might have been my game of the year. Because the funny thing is, like when I played Fallen Order, like that Star Wars Fallen Order game, I played it, not like it's fun, but then there's something it became a lull in it. But well, then me cry, I put the shit down like, oh, fuck, I gotta play the shit again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a difference, you know. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, those games it's are fun. fun. It's fun. That's the thing. Like, out, yeah. games can be fun. Everything that had to be The Last of Us, you know, where it's a cinematic movie trying to, you know, win an Oscar or some shit like that. It's okay for games to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I gotta go fight. Like, get a gun with two bullets left. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you, you get to the end. Of, now, a cutscene comes, and the cutscene is so long that you just put the controller down, you just go get some popcorn or some shit like that, then your controller dies and shit can be sitting there for long. Like, come on, man. I'll submit my money to play a game, not to watch a movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I say this shit, even though the new game just came out called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, where it's just basically just Dragon Ball Z cutscenes. <laughs> you know? But I'm gonna buy it anyway, Eli, because <laughs> I want that shit. <laughs> I'm a sucker. They, it's easy to get my money. Let me see if we move on to the next part of the podcast. Sure. Okay, so this is the Comic Book Bullies, where we talk about comic books, and we're going to jump into it and talk about the comic books. And there is no X-Men this week. Thank Rao. <laughs> no X-Men books. So we can talk about some other comic books that came out this week, and I'll be honest with you, this was a shit week. 
Yeah, it's quite light. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just they really don't care about uh uh January or anything. I guess it's like the lull month. But yeah. I'm trying to think. Okay, the book I'm gonna start off with is uh Legion of Superheroes number shit. What number am I on? Let me see. You read past the first issue, I take it. I read the first issue and I don't know. I don't know what book this is. <laughs> three issue uh, Legion is of three now three. yeah okay because i read the first one i didn't read the second one and now i'm reading the third one written by michael by brian michael bendis you know so basically the book i'm trying to remember what happened because there's so much shit and they got these weird ass names in this book okay so basically aquaman's a trident has been stolen oh that's right yeah i remember that yeah actually the legion something happened in the second issue now they had they have the trident now uh, they go to some uh, other world to talk to this guy named General Na or Crab or some bullshit, whatever like that. His son is one of the legions, and he don't like the legions. And like he like you betrayed us by joining the legion. It's like that. But the reason they talk to him because they want to find out more information about you know Aquaman's staff. Because Aquaman's staff is like about to destroy the universe or some shit like that. But they don't know why. You know they're trying to find out more information on why trying to do that. He don't appreciate them having to come, you know coming up to him, or accusing him of anything. So he just started beating the shit out of the legion. You know, <clears throat> they eventually uh subdue him and Monel, one of the Legion guys, he knocks him the shit knocks him the fuck out. And then one of the um one of the dudes of their planet just say, Oh, well you're our king now, because you knocked out our king. Like, whatever. So they take him back. Meanwhile, the shit that we really care about, the main story, Jonathan Kent is here. He's been kidnapped by the Legion or been brought to the thirty first century to for some reason. And he's like, you know what, I wanna be here long. I'm gonna go get my best friend. So he goes back to the past or the present. Gets his best friend, brings to the future. Boom! Damian Wayne is now in the 31st century. Also, he's like, "Oh, this shit is pretty cool." Yeah, like cool. Um, they're just walking around and shit like that while they they bring this guy back, to that evil general, like that. They bring him back to the the main Citadel portion of the Legion of Superheroes. He breaks out again, start beating shit out of Legion again, and this time Jonathan Kent knocks his ass out. He's like, "Okay, you're done." Monel's is like, "Well, I knocked him out first, and you know, so they can have some kind of tension." But I think I like I don't know their history anything like that. But I think Monel might be a descendant of Jonathan or whatever. I don't know. Monel. Monel, yeah. He's well, he's an L, right? I guess, yeah. But he's, okay, he, he's like I, said, I don't know this shit. I guess because because <laughs> you, you never remember DC reboot shit so much. So he might have been at one time. Then he's rebooted to be. But he's Kryptonian, right? I don't think so. Or he might be. It depends. We on, just said he's related to Jonathan. Well, they, they hinted at he might relate to Jonathan. Well, he, it's Al, though, right? Yeah, because I think... Okay. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I didn't so, even read this shit. Okay, I don't I'm saying, is like a <laughs> is like a character made back in the 60s or some shit, you know. Originally, yes, he was a, a, a descendant of Superman, you know. But then they changed okay. it post-crisis where he's actually like from another planet, but the same planet has the same powers as Kryptonians, but they... Had different weeks instead of kryptonite, like layers and shit like that. Oh wait, was this a, on Supergirl? Yeah, this, same this... guy, same guy. Okay, yeah, this sounds familiar. Yeah, same guy. Uh, but like I said, it's Bendis. He didn't give a shit about post crisis. He does the fuck he wants to. So he might have rebooted the reboot to change it back to where it was back in the sixties, where he might be a descendant of Superman slash Jonathan Kent. You know, but okay. like I said, they hinted at it. They didn't just come out and just say it. They just said he might be your, and then they got cut off because they started looking at Damian Wayne. And everybody saw Damian Wayne and start freaking the fuck out. Like, oh shit, what the fuck is he doing? You know, he has to get the fuck out of here. And John's like, wait, why, why are y'all so scared of him? 
Like, he can't be here. He's like, first off, I want to know one thing. Why is it with all these thousand superheroes I have here, there is no Bat-themed character among any of you? What the hell is going on here? Why are y'all so scared of him? Because if he's not allowed to be here, maybe I shouldn't be here either. And then before he can even start talking, Satin Girl, who got her psychic powers, blinks out uh, Damian Wayne's mind. So he didn't even remember even coming here. And she teleports him back to Gotham City back in the past. And she was like, okay, what the hell is going on? Uh, Superboy, that's what we've been trying to tell you. There's a reason why there are no Bat people here in the 31st century. And there's a reason why I didn't want Damian Wayne here. And there's a reason why you have to be here. Let's go to the orientation we've been trying to tell you since the first issue. So they go. Oh, so they go, and then somebody makes a joke about Damian Wayne calling him Baby Hitler. I, don't, I think Brainiac did it. <laughs> you know, they're okay. like, "Don't call him Baby Hitler." They're like, "Well, he might not even be the same one. This might be an alternate reality version of Damian. He might not do it." You know, uh, some other bullshit happens at the end, but that's it. So, anyway, <laughs> this book is so fucking confused because everybody keep popping up. It's like about this thing. These books have like a thousand heroes in them. They all got name tags and shit because you keep forgetting who they are. Colossal Boy, Ultra Boy, some something boy, Lightning Lad. He, I think he's like the descendant of Black Lightning or some shit. I don't know who the fuck these people are, you know. So, but here's what I'm thinking. Okay. So apparently Damian Wayne's supposed to be like some kind of grows up to be some kind of like evil asshole or some shit like that. And I'm wondering if they're tying that back into Grant Morrison's run. Because in Grant Morrison's run in Batman 666. That's a real book. That's the issue number 666, 666. Batman either has a fever dream or he actually sees through uh, the future of Damian Wayne as an adult who becomes Batman. But he wants to be a better Batman than Bruce ever was. So he makes a deal with the devil. So he can't be killed. So he just walks up on criminals like that. They shoot him. He can't be killed. He's immortal. He dies. And he just shoots him in the fucking face every time he sees him. I think he got like hellfire power or some shit like that or whatever the fuck. So I'm thinking, are they trying to tie this shit together? But I know they didn't because Bendis doesn't read other people's work. So I doubt that's happening. So anyway, uh, book it three out of five out of five. I don't know. Not three out of five. Just three. Just fucking three. <laughs> 2.5 out of five. I'm going to give it. I'm reason I'm giving 2.5 out of five because Damien is on the cover of this book. It's the number one selling book this week. And Damien is barely even in it. And then leaves after they keep talking about some other bullshit that I even heard of. So yeah, 2.5 out of five. Bendis fucking up again. Shoving leeches down my throat, false, uh, false advertisement. So yeah, fuck this book, man. I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> All right. Well, since shit, I barely read anything too. But since we're on DC, I guess I'll do uh, the question. Okay. Number, the number two, Vic Sage. Vic Sage, yep. Uh, Black Label, written by uh, some guy named Jeffrey Lee Meyer. Oh, oh yeah, comic cast, they're really going to shit on us now. <laughs> How dare you besmirch, you blasphemers. So this is just weird. Um, I mean, the last issue, the uh, you know, the question, he, he like went into this, was it a, uh, he found this mask and then it took, he put it on and it took him to like this other time period. Oh, I don't know, I didn't read this shit. And so in th this book takes place back in the old West. Okay. So, and it's Victor Zaz. What? Yeah. And Victor Zaz is an asshole who like kills Indians and, you know, he's got a dark, you know, the, the, you know, the darkened heart and all this shit. Cause he's a prick, you know, 
uh, um, comes to this old West town, saves a black guy from being hung. Um, and um, then uh, the, the posse are after him. And then some Nate, I think, is she supposed to be native? She's in buckskin and she's got bows and arrows and shit, but she's got like red hair. I don't know if she's Red Wolf, know. the wolf is version. That... Okay, yeah. I don't know. She's got red hair. I don't know to make some shit up. I don't know. Not many redheaded, you know, natives I've seen around, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's got a bow and arrow, of course. You know, everybody else got guns, but she... <laughs> <laughs> she's got a bow and arrow and shit. And say she tells Vic Sage that you know some guy named Charlie's supposed to kill the devil, um, and then it flashes back at the end. It flashes back to the the forties or whatever where it takes place, and Vic Sage is you know going like, "What the fuck's happening?" So I don't know if this is we're going through all these different lives of Vic Sage, like the many deaths of Vic Sage, but um, it's just weird. I'm just wondering. It's not a bad book. I mean, it was an interesting story. Um, old West tale, basically. Um, it's funny because I've been watching Westerns all weekend. Yeah, so. you said it. Unforgiven <laughs> and Django and Change. Uh, uh, yeah, I was watching Tombstone and Revenant and Outlaw Josie Wales and shit. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad story. It's just I'm just wondering what the fuck's happening, basically. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You know, so I give it a three out of five. What? I mean, the arts... A three out of five for the Holy Writ <laughs> of Jeff Lemire? <laughs> I just don't know what's happening. That's all. I mean, it's, Look, it's just like we're, a... we're going to listen to comic cast. They're going to spoon feed this shit to us. <laughs> we don't want interpretations. Yeah, yeah well, they, they the like it. I, I listened to it today. I was. Uh, you know, they already yeah. gave, what they gave you six point five out of five or what? I, they, I, well, they whoever I, I don't know if everybody read it, but I know Gomer liked it, and um, they don't have to read but, it to uh, like it. But, uh, but, but no, I just don't, I, I mean, it's not bad. I just don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the hell? It's just, just flashbacks. Like this is okay. This is just an old West tale in this one, you know? So I don't know. So yeah, three, three, oh, I'll give it a 3.5 out of five. Oh, the there really you go. Good. Peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Sinkowitz is doing the art. Sinkiewicz mm-hmm. did, did like the colors and shit. Dennis Cowan drew it. I knew that. Uh, yeah. one of the, uh, originators, uh, creators of Milestone. So yeah. Art's, art's really good. Art's really good, you know. So yeah. Right. Question number two. Cool. All right, I guess. Um, uh, number well not number. Okay. Next book I'm gonna do is Valkyrie number seven. So okay. I'm really liking this book. Like this series, Eli. People are really sleeping on this book. They really need to pay attention to Valkyrie. It's it's one of my favorite Marvel books. Okay. All right. So, like I said, so what's going on in this book, this is part two of some other arc that's going on right now. So apparently Death is dying, uh, like Lady Death. Lady Death is dying, uh, mm-hmm. and she's being killed by the Death of Death. Now, the Death of Death looks like the Living Tribunal, but with a skull face. So, and they basically have gone into the body of Death, or you know, but you know, it's all metaphorical. It's all metaphysical, you know, so because you know, Death doesn't have a body, so there's like a metaphor. They're in Death's body, and they're fighting anti-toxins, uh, or you know. Uh, white blood cells but you know they're really just defending death to stop you from coming but eventually get to the point where nobody's stopping it from entering the body of death so obviously they mean death is so weak that death can't even defend itself so if death kills itself so if death of death kills death there'll be no more death you know so they eventually make it to uh the the fairy man named Charon. now Charon, 
I may be saying his name right, but Charon in Greek mythology is is the boat ferryman that takes living souls and carry their souls to the land of the dead. You know, I, I, I'm not smart. This was one of the missions on Grand uh, God of War three. So that's where I got this shit from. But he's not floating on like a river of blood or river of <laughs> fire or anything like that. He's floating on a river of pus, like mucus. So apparently that's the infection. Heck. Yeah, so yeah. Uh that's the infection that, that death is having right now. So one of the so oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, like Valkyrie is not by herself. She's actually formed a team of superhero doctors for the Marvel Universe, like Doctor Strange and Cardiac, who's an old Spider Man villain, and some other people I've never heard of before, you know. But anyway, they're here to to heal death, you know. So they finally get to the place where they're supposed to go. <coughs> Excuse me. And when they finally get there, they see this painting. Zachary sees this painting, Jane Foss sees this painting, and the painting is a, a picture of a fiery a car in a fiery, you know, car crash. And she just starts crying all of a sudden. Dr. Strange, like, well, what's going on, Jane? What's going on? Like, I know what this painting is. My ex-husband came to pick up my son one, one weekend because I had to work. And when he picked them up, they went in a car crash, it caught on fire, and that's what I'm looking at right now. That's the day my ex-husband and my son died. I'm like, oh, shit. But the thing is, all of the other doctors see different things. Basically, like their most tragic experience with death or like a loved one, thing like that. That's what they see, you know, in that painting. Doc Strange says he didn't see anything but while he's doing it. Cardiac shoots him in the back of the head, but not hurts him. It just stunts him and shit like that. And Jane Fonda's like, what the fuck are you doing? Cardiac's like, well, first off, you just saw the most horrific shit you ever went through in your life. You just saw your family and friends just die. But if we stop what we're doing... Nothing, none of this will happen. Like, we have to go save death. We have to stop death from dying. And Cardi, like, look at the dumb shit you're saying. We have to stop death from dying? That doesn't even make any damn sense. If we just don't do anything, all our loved ones will come back to life. Oh, here, you talk stupid. So she beat the shit out of cardiac and she like that, and she just walks through the door. When she walks through the door, she sees Lady Death on her deathbed. You know, like, it's all metaphorical, you know, with the death of death standing over her, and the death of death is looking at Jane Foster just like, okay. Here's your uh, here's your chance to make a speech on why I should save her, uh, because first off, she hasn't been doing her job. He holds up this green door because first off, the Hulk every time something happens to him, he just walks through the green door and nothing happens. Then he holds up his left hand, and then I got this bubble over here where the X Men can just clone themselves, come back to life anytime they fucking feel like it. So death doesn't even exist anymore in here. So since she's not doing her job, why should I even save her? And Jane Foster's like, uh, 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 like, I'm waiting. Give me an answer. She's like, oh, uh, because if, if there's no more death, then there's no meaning to life. And he's like, that's a good reason. Okay, bye. That's it. Death comes back to life. Death is like, thank you, Jane Foster, for saving me. You gave him a good excuse for him not to kill me. But do you really believe that? She's like, it doesn't matter what I believe, boss. And then she walks back to the door and she goes back to the, the hospital where they first met at. Everybody drinking coffee. They've been there for a while. They're like, Jane, where have you been? Uh, we didn't know if you were alive or dead or whatever like that. But did we win? She's like, well, I saved death. And we didn't lose. But did we really win? You know, and then it cuts back to a memory of hers where she sees the fiery car crash where her ex-husband and her son died. And death is just walking past. Like, Lady Death is just walking past it. The end. Like, pretty cool story. So, it's, I left out a whole bunch of other stuff in there. It's a whole lot of metaphorical stuff in there with medicine. You know, it's editorial about how death doesn't exist in Marvel and stuff. And, you know, Jason Aaron really wrote this story, man. I'm, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. I really like this one. 
Even though it's a little weak, like I said, I'm really loving this uh, uh, Valkyrie story. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? Um, where, oh, Jessica Jones. Okay. So this is, yeah, I was bored, so I just checked this out. Um, so Jessica Jones, uh, an old client, um, winds up dead in her office. And she gets kind of cops think she's done it, and turns out uh, um, she yeah it was an old client of hers. Her boyfriend was abusing her, and she had hired her to find out if uh, he was cheating on her. Um, but she she never got the proof, and then she sort of disappeared, and then all of a sudden she winds up dead in her office. Um, uh, she get Matt Murdock barrels her out of jail. Um, she goes back to her office to to uh, investigate, and she gets shot in the head, and that's okay. like end of the story of end of this issue. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? So, kind of an intriguing, you know, hard boiled detective story. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, I give it a, a four out of five. I, I was surprisingly into it. Okay, you know? I, I, I started to get it. Only thing about Jessica Jones is that it is Brian Michael Bendis' baby. Even though, like I said, we shit on Bendis all the time on here. But his Jessica Jones story is, like, really, really good. That's, like, what made Bendis Bendis. So having somebody else take over the character like Kelly Thompson made me, like, no. Yeah. You know. It was fine. I mean, I, I it was, you know, her and Luke Cage, is, they got a family and had moments with them together. Oh, and, yeah, little baby Danielle. Yeah. And all that. yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, I give it a four out of five. I, 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 I got into it, so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So last book I got. Now I got to do a little backstory on this last book I got because this last book is kind of has an interesting backstory to it. This story is called Iron Man 2020. Okay. Now, here's the thing about the story. This is the backstory I'm talking about. This is actually a kind of like a remake or I don't know, something like that of an older story because there was a story back in 1984 called Machine Man 2020 where he fought Iron Man 2020 and it was the Iron Man of the future and the story and the, the Iron Man in that story was named Arnold Stark. So, but we're in the future, like right now. So Marvel has been actually building up this story because now because they wrote that story back in the 80s, I guess thinking the world was going to blow it before we got here, but now we're here, so they might well tell Iron Man 2020. So they were telling a future story, but the story is now. So let's get into it. So Tony Stark is not in this book. This Iron Man of this book is Arnold Stark, like like I said, in back in the eighties, and he's here. And basically, what happened is that I'll get to it in a second. What happened to Tony Stark? Um, he wakes up. He's in Stark International. He owns everything now. It's all his shit. Uh, apparently, there's a robot revolution going on right now, where all the robots in the Marvel universe have raised up and start attacking people. So he's just going around, just to from place to place, just you know, putting a stop to you know robot you know revolts and shit like that, you know, uh, and trying to find out who's like the main boss of like that. And they don't tell him anything. Like one of them's, uh, like he smashes one robot and then he tells the robot, "Robot, tell me who's your leader." I'm like fuck you, cosplayer. Like he even flips him off and shit like that, you know. And then he talks to the news reporter. And news reporter asks him, "Okay, you're Arnold Stark. I don't know who you are, but where is Tony Stark?" And he tells him what happened to Tony Stark. Okay, remember when captain marvel and tony stark fought in civil war 2 and tony stark got really fucked up when it comes to like that he didn't get fucked up he died captain marvel killed him so that tony stark that you've been seeing running around the whole time is actually a robot the whole time 
He just downloaded his AI, that AI they've been talking to Riri and shit like that. He downloaded that AI into that artificially made robot and been running around thinking he's Tony Stark. So y'all think it's Tony Stark, but he ain't been Tony Stark the whole time. So since he, since Tony Stark is legally declared dead and I'm his last living relative, all his shit is my shit. So I'm Iron Man. I own his business. I own his corporation. Blah, blah, blah. All the stuff like that. And since he's a robot, when I find him, I'm going to kill him. As soon as I find him, you know. Uh, so nobody has seen Tony Stark going on anywhere. Last time he saw him was at a liquor store uh, getting drunk and shit like that. And some, and, and that he got a report on ZMT, not TMZ, but ZMT. And the reporter asked him, hey, Tony, you off the wagon again? I guess the demon really is a bottle, huh? Well, I mean, fuck you. You know, flips him off and then, you know, he just keeps walking, <laughs> you know. So uh, they get into a raid and shit like that. And uh, oh, yeah. So the main bad guy of this story is Machine Smith, actually. Just like I said, Machine Smith uh, was back in the 80s. He's the bad guy of this story. And Machine Smith is the one leading the robot revolution. And he's like, okay, y'all keep blowing up our shit and raiding our shit and blowing up our stuff because we're just having, because they, the robots are so advanced, they have like bars to themselves and stuff like that. Uh, and the police are like raiding those bars and blowing them up shit like this. So like, they say, y'all fuck with us so much, we're going to blow up one of your hospitals. You know? So, uh, and even, so the, the police sent in a robot drone, like, you know, the robot drones they sent in and like blow up shit, like, you know what Trump did? whatever <laughs> yeah so they send one of those robots in to like you go in there and just fuck everybody up but before the robot could do anything machine smith have a conversation with him he's like you don't really want to blow us up do you he's like nah you want to come with us don't you yeah all right come on and like wait what the fuck you, what you doing with our robot what you doing with our drone he works for us now so they go in the elevator and they go up and they, and and arno stark use his like sensors like, like i can't sense them in here at all what the fuck they went to so they went in the elevator, and what they went to was the 13th floor. Now, we all know there is no 13th floor in any building. So they specifically made a 13th floor in this building to get away from Iron Man. And that's where all the robots meet and shit like that. Like, every robot in Marvel you can think of, except Vision. Why isn't Vision there? I don't know. But every other robot is there. Even, remember Herbie from the Fantastic Four? No, damn. Yeah, he's there. Uh, because in that that last Empire book, that we, incoming book I read, uh, he actually told Mr. Fantastic, fuck you, I'm out, and then he left. So that's where he ended up with these other robots, shit like that. And so that little drone robot, that the police drone robot talks to Machine Smith, he's like, so you run all this? They're like, no, 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 I'm, not, I'm actually not the boss. I'm going to introduce you to the boss. The boss's name is actually Mark. Let's go talk to him. So, hey, Mark, how you doing? So they walk into the Mark, and you see it's uh, Iron Man's original armor. Sitting there just, just chilling, you know, just actually making holograms so nobody can see him. He like, is that Iron Man's armor? He was like, no, I'm the Mark One armor, but you can just call me Mark, you know. So he takes off his helmet and it's Tony Stark, you know. And and the robot asks him, are you Tony Stark? He's like, no, I'm not Tony Stark. I'm Tony. I'm the idea of Tony Stark. I'm his original idea that he had in the cave to escape. So even though I'm not Tony Stark, I'm what got him out of Stark. I I was birthed there in the cave. I am Iron Man. You know, and we're going to rise up and we're going to uh, take back what's ours. Who's with me? And every robot in the room says, we're with you. Mark one, Mark one, Mark one. Story ends. So, boom. Weird story. I kind of like it. Kind of futuristic. Oh, uh, there's even some notes in the back because uh, Dan Slott wrote this. There's even some notes in the back also that actually kind of remind me of I Am Legend. Not the Will Smith movie, the actual novel. That was really okay. Good. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is awesome. It's actually the first zombie movie, uh, first zombie book. If you want to go there, um, mm. because in that book, I Am Legend is basically about that the monsters look at the human as a monster, 
Yeah. And that's how this book is. Because in the book, all of the robots, like I said, like the robot drone and machine, all the robots in the book have personalities. The one character that doesn't have a personality is Arnold Stark. He's the human. So he's just this cold, calculating, you know, and he just goes around just destroying robots left and right. And everyone's like, damn, man, you have to do robots like that? Hey, robots, who cares? You know, so he has no feelings, no emotions, no remorse, anything like that for these robots. So he's cold and emotionless. He's like a robot, but he's human. Meanwhile, the robots have more humanity than he does. So it's like I Am Legend. They're yeah. the humans. They have humanity, but the human has no humanity. So I kind of like where this story is going. It's yeah. got some, you know, subtle he was the, He was the monster that was breaking into the, all their all the vampires and houses and killing them exactly while they slept yeah. exactly he's will smith yeah or, or charlton vincent heston price. or vincent or price, price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we keep going with that yeah <laughs> but yeah all right yeah, i'm gonna get this book a 4.5 out of 5 i'm, I'm glad there's no x-men books because if there were some x-men books i probably would pass yeah. over this one but yeah i, I really enjoyed this i want to see where it goes especially since marvel put a lot of time in this to remaking a story because machine man is actually like a jack kirby creation you know and there's some some subtle easter eggs what's that guy's name oh uh, What's the artist's name? Windsor Smith? Brian? You know what? Windsor Smith? You know that guy? No. Byron? Whatever. Byron was, he was like real popular in the 80s. Wrote all kind of shit. Wolverine, shit like that. Anyway, he wrote, he drew the original Machine Smith book, and the hospital that Machine Smith was going to blow up was named after him, like the Windsmith Hospital, some shit like that. You know, just little, little nods like that. So they really put some time in this book, man. I, I like it when they take time for continuity. You know, so I'll give them points for that. Oh uh, yes, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, all right. I don't think what did I? I read something else. I can't remember. Hope, hope. I gotta get up then. Oh, okay. Grab my tablet. <laughs> I'm prepared. Oh shit! What did I read? Yeah. Oh yeah, my meds are wearing off. Oh okay. <laughs> oh, Hellboy. That's what I read. The hell, boy did come out. Yeah, I started to get that. I, yeah, I read that. That was the, I barely. It's the winter special, so it was like three stories, um, three different tales. You know, only one of them had Hellboy in it, but um, but three different tales from the Hellboy universe. I mean, at this point, Hellboy is kind of like a shared universe anyway. Yeah, uh, it was fun for what it was. Nothing great, nothing mind blowing. Um, the one with Hellboy, he fights this ghost or doesn't really fight him but goes and finds us goes into a haunted house and you know finds a ghost there's one where it's um kind of like a murder mystery and there's like a monster in it that looks like the wendigo like the real wendigo Mm -hmm. the scary wendigo not the marvel furry ape that (laughs) you know killer teddy bear yeah yeah the big white teddy bear (laughs) but like the actual you know, scary looking Wendigo. And then there's another one with the, takes place in the Crusades and they're fighting, they're fighting a beast and there's a cool twist at the end. It's, it was fine. It's three out of five. Um, nothing spectacular, but it was just a one shot, one, three one shot stories, you know, mm-hmm. short stories, uh, you know, standalone tales, you know, just uh, for new readers, you know. Getting into Hellboy, just you know, they can stand on their own. So, yeah, three out of five. Nice. Okay. Uh, shoot, any of the books we got? That's all I got. All right. Cool. 
Uh, like I said, we got this in the books. Hopefully, everything went smoothly this time. We get this shit together in 2020. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you listen this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. Definitely listen to our other podcasts. We have Geek Sab, our sister podcast. Uh, we have Comic Cast. Like I said, we shit it on question. Actually, Eli shit on question. They're going to love I it. They really shit on it. <laughs> eh, it I was up. indifferent to it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You better not Ryan Gomer me. <laughs> <laughs> indifferent. Right. <laughs> Okay, so listen to Comic Cast, listen to books that they review. Uh, also listen to Get Valiant, listen to Hoodoo TV, uh, Wrestling Council, Talking Balls. It's done. You don't have to listen anymore. Really done because Tennessee lost, man. Yep, they're done. And two weeks from now, we're getting the Super Bowl. I guess I have to give a shit. Somebody won the day. I don't know. I, I was kind of halfway paying attention. I don't know. Yeah. I, I the Packers the lost. That, that's all I give a shit about. The Packers lost. All I know is that whoever somebody's team won that is throwing a party two weeks from now. So that's all I care about. You're like, my team won. You can come to the party. I'm like, cool. Okay. I'll bring some beer or whatever. So, uh, Instruments Instruction. Listen to Instruments Instruction. And this Geeks and Comics. They recorded another one. Just to them. Check them out. See what's going on. Uh, and we'll come back with another uh, episode next week. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. We'll figure it out. Hopefully some better books. Have, uh, well, more X-Books has happened. Uh, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bully time, same bully channel. Down in Mexico. Hey, niggas gonna come up with a hot shit. And I got him running when I drop shit. I just landed in Miami with a lot of big drip. And I'm going eco with a top stitch. Vision, man, I got a lot of it. I'm Thomas Payne with a common sense. Came from Egyptian sarcophagus. That's why I get all my confidence. Look like tongues with a supermodel blush. Only niggas sipping water in a club. 150 in a test and no clutch. Make the 12 that they need to put a nigga in some cuffs. Goddamn. Extremo, 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 ritmo.
Sin estilista los que fly La Rosalía me dice que lo guay No te lo niego porque yo sé lo que hay Lo que sabe no se pregunta Yo te espero y tengo claro que es mi culpa Como Canelo en el ring nada me asusta Vivo en mi oasis y la paz no me la tumba Una matata como Timor y Pumba Voy pa' leyenda así que dale zumba Los dejo ciego con la vibra que me alumbra Haters pa' la tumba, nosotros pa' la rumba Extremo, extremo, extremo. Ritmo. You like that space?